Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecaster here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, January 5, 2021. We are looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? The first thing we're going to do is take a look at the daily chart and we're going to discuss what jumps off the page at us. Is the trend up? Yes, it is. Are we above all the moving averages? Yes, we are. Yesterday, they did the rope-a-dope thing where they closed pretty much on top of, but slightly below the 20-period moving average in a couple of markets. We talked about it at length. It was essentially a rope-a-dope right back above it today. The band plays on. The trend is up. The trend is your friend until she dumps you. She will dump you, but right now the trend is up and therefore there's nothing technically wrong with the tape. Now, let's talk about breakout and breakdown areas. So this is interesting. There's a multitude of ways to look at former breakdown and former breakout areas. So let me do this. We'll say that the area from yesterday, the area that the market broke down from yesterday out of this area where they had previously a week ago gapped up to it, what did they do today? They came back up to retest a former breakdown area. Absolutely, that's what happened. In fact, let's do this. Let's put a line that'll transfer over to another time frame and we'll just put it around the area that the market broke down from yesterday. Now, if we go to a shorter time frame, an intraday chart, such as a 15-minute chart, here's what I'll do. I'll say the market broke down. When it broke down here, what was it really breaking down from? It broke down from this area where it was eating time off the clock. It broke out to the upside, came back in. This is essentially the breakdown area. The market did break down, and today... They ran back to test a former breakdown area. The market does the same thing over and over and over again. And here's a bit of an aha moment. What you'll see inside the numbers in a little while is we had a target today. We actually had two targets. One was 272, and the secondary was, if they should push a little bit higher, was 272.50. One of the reasons, there's always more than one reason, that's the only way that you get a full stack. One of the reasons was simply this. They were going to run a test of a former breakdown area. There were other reasons, but that was one of them. It'll become more clear when we go to inside the numbers and the commentary. What else do we have on the daily chart that's worth a discussion? So we had a reversal candle yesterday, and we've basically retraced about half of the reversal candle from yesterday. Got back up into a former breakdown area, yada, yada, yada. So what does this tell us going forward? It tells us nothing. But we use the information to infer what if type of statements. So check this out. Technically speaking, the market closed today back inside that range that the market broke down from creating the need to go back and test the former breakout area. Okay, fair enough. Now, technically we're back inside of that. However, if they can't stay inside of that, they're going to fall away again. So that's important. So that's item number one. So meaning that they have to stay where they are, meaning they have to be flat, if not positive tomorrow on Wednesday, and that will promote a what? A test of the breakdown candle high. 
Now, I don't know if they get all the way to the high, but that's the way markets work. So we go with the norm. What works or what happens the majority of the time? Well, that's what happens the majority of the time. So as long as they stay in the range where they close today or higher, that's what the target will be. It will be running a test of the breakdown candle high from yesterday or at least in that neighborhood. That's also the all-time highs. The other side of the if-then statement is if, in fact, let's say the market starts to fall away or gaps down tomorrow or it starts trading down overnight. And by the way, it shouldn't be lost in anybody that tonight we have potentially the results. And I say potentially because it's not a lock whether we're going to have a decision on the Georgia election runoff. However, I would say it's a pretty fair bet that we'll get some volatility in the futures overnight. It's not going to surprise anybody if we're gapping down tomorrow. It's not going to surprise anybody if we're gapping up tomorrow. It is what it is. We have to wait until the results or at least what the market believes the results to be. And then we take action on the reaction. The market will tell us what its intentions are. That gives us an opportunity to participate. That's what Inside the Numbers is all about. Taking things from another perspective, here's the 120-minute chart. Here's a big-time breakdown candle from yesterday, the first candle of the day yesterday, first two hours of the trading session. So what's going on here? You have a big breakdown candle. Now they're trying to climb up to the top of the breakdown candle. Same routine as the daily chart we just discussed, only here it's more clear what's going on, at least at present. You have a move down. You don't have a bearish flaggish thing, but you have one of those bearish wedgish things. Well, guess what? They both result in the same routine, regardless of how high they get. Let's say they get up here. This is still going to result in a move downward until and unless they can close a 120-minute candle above the high of the breakdown candle. That's the way the market works. Do we see anything different on the 120-minute chart? And the short answer is no, we don't. It's doing the same thing. Hourly chart, just to continue getting a variety of perspectives, same routine, but here it becomes clear what happened again. So we have this wedge formation. Here's the move downward. So bearish wedge will do this. However, what they did was, let me wipe out the lines and we'll start over. What they did was, Here's that breakdown area, right? And we're just going to say it's in this general neck of the woods. To pinpoint the number to the penny where the market officially broke down, we could just say below the low. We could say anything we want. The point is, is they came back up into the general vicinity of the breakdown area. So if they can continue to push higher up into this breakdown candle, right? So here's a 60-minute chart. First hour of the day here second hour of the day here, and third hour of yesterday here. So if they can get up into the first hour candle, they'll definitely want to push up to the highs. Can they get up into there? They tested it today, but they didn't get up in there. But today they did the thing they were supposed to do. If they were going to rally, they got back to the former breakdown area. What does that tell me? It tells me markets are acting normal. First day of the year was a pretty big down day. Is it an omen? Is it not an omen? I don't know, call it what you want. Doesn't really make any difference. We're gonna use the numbers, we're gonna use the charts, 
We're going to use the patterns that the charts are making and the numbers that they're either closing above or closing below, depending on the time frame we're discussing, to determine what the next move is going to be. Whether it's going to be intraday, a daily chart, a weekly chart, doesn't really make any difference. Why? We know why. Because all charts act and react the same way. You've heard me say that no less than a thousand times. How about inside the numbers? Let's check out the first, the pre-market commentary, then we'll scroll up and go over the numbers, go over the commentary. I think it's important because today was one of those days where we had a pretty good cadence of what was going on. So if you're a member of Inside the Numbers and you're interested from an intraday perspective in the S&P 500, this is really the ticket to the tour guide opportunity. It's Turnaround Tuesday. We talked about that yesterday. It's not a BS kind of thing. We talk about it every single week because almost, and nothing is every, but almost every single week we see a Turnaround Tuesday. It is pretty remarkable. Wake up slightly green and wrestling with the big fat round number of ES3700. It's magnetic and resistance. Does she have enough mustard in the jar to open above? Let's continue on and go over the early thoughts. Let's take a look at what we're working with this morning. Some of this we discussed already, but I want to put it together so you understand that not only is inside the numbers kind of an opportunity log, but it's also a place where we learn stuff. Some traders don't necessarily realize it all the time, but unbeknownst to them and in the subconscious at times, you're learning stuff every single day. Yesterday, the market created three breakdown candles in a row. That was the three hourly candles we just talked about. The last of which has a high of 36.94.75. Now, this is really early. This is like eight o'clock in the morning type stuff. There's our first bogey of the day. Opening above is a small victory for the bulls. Opening below is a win for the bears and creates more headwinds for the bulls. If they open below, the next important number on the south side is ES3682. I also want to mention 36780. Remember that from yesterday and beyond. Below that, Bears Ball, and they're right back fighting yesterday's lows. So you have a pre-market schematic. It's important you show up in uniform, ready to go. Don't forget to take your pre-game warm-ups. Moving right along. Now, 9.05, we're still in the early thoughts kind of part of the day. Now, pay attention to this one. This is the thing where you learn stuff that you don't necessarily think about or see. Take the benefit of many, many years of watching this stuff every single day. Interesting observation. As we get closer to the opening bell, the market is getting weaker. Now, when I say the market, I'm talking about the S&P 500. However, the names we know in terms of stocks really aren't moving. They can certainly move after the open, but using the 80-20 rule, this would be in the 20% camp, meaning it's not the norm. So something is off. Either the market is moving as a shake them out type of operation, only to turn around on Turnaround Tuesday, or the stocks are going to get killed after the opening bell. Back of mind is early morning shakeout and they're likely not done trying to get back to and over the big fat round number of ES3700. Now remember, this isn't the end of the day. This is before the day even starts. So beyond 3700, you find out later on. If they don't or can't get back to 3700 and instead just head lower. 
If that's the dealio, then we would be able to point to a bearish flag created on the hourly and other charts, the futures, the overnight activity. They were basically going back and forth, creating a bearish flaggish wedgish kind of pattern. And guess what? The top of that flag was around 3,700. Funny how that works. Let's move along, see what else we have as the day gets underway. ES 3695 and 3700 are both important. Now, early in the morning, sometimes, not all the time, but when there's a type of range more than a few points overnight, I have to use both numbers. I have to use the ES futures overnight activity. I also use the SPY numbers. And then as the day goes on, we morph only into the SPY numbers as they're necessary. But when there's a gap, I need numbers from somewhere. Where do I get them? I get them from the futures. 932, remember 369 from yesterday, just getting our C legs and making sure we know all the numbers. Just to put in perspective, here's our five minute chart. You know the routine, right of the vertical is today's activity. Look where the low was in the first candle of the day. 368.05, remember 367.90. You know that this area is important. They came down to run a test and the bulls were stronger than the bears. The bears couldn't even test the actual number. 935, the reason why I mentioned the thing about the stocks and the early morning shakeout was because they do that thing a lot and the big fat round numbers are magnetic. So for example, what I'm saying here is that I expect them to run at least another test of the big fat round numbers after the opening bell. 938, if the bulls can get price over and keep it over 370, they'll have another leg higher. They have to close candles above. A spike doesn't cut the mustard. There's your 370. They tried early. They tried to get going. They came back down in what I like to call a shakeout operation. Let's keep going, see what we find. I think you'll find this one interesting. 941. Of note, the market's been open for 11 minutes, so here we go. The hourly chart 50 and 20 period moving averages are converging around 370.75, give or take. They won't just blow right on through, but they're also magnetic, similar to the way big fat round numbers are. They just ran a test of that general area. It's always helpful to understand what they're doing so you can spot it later when they do it again. Again, a learning opportunity. Here's the hourly chart. Here's the moving averages. As the day wore on, the moving averages slightly shifted. However, they were right here. They ran up into it. And like I said earlier, they weren't just going to blow right on through. That would be in the 80-20 rule. That would be in the less than 20% camp. So if we're not expecting them to blow right on through, then we would expect them to come down and run a test of some important number to find out if the bulls are in charge or the bears are in charge. So when they run a test, here's the way it works. They either pass the test or they fail the test, meaning the bulls. So if the bulls pass the test, they run a test of a number, they bounce off of it, they go back up. If they fail the test, they can't bounce off the number, they get below, the bears win, they take the paper and they go home. Real quick, 944, the elephant in the room, SBE, four cents short and the rocket ride. Yep, it hurts, life as a trader. We'll do a quick sabbatical over to Switchback Energy. This one keeps showing up day after day. 3401 was the number, and you can see here the low is 3405, and they had a rocket ride going pretty rapidly up to 3785 before pulling back. Wow, what a rocket ride, what a miss. 
Some traders got it. Traders just jump in front of the number regardless of what the number is. It doesn't matter. They do it anyway. They're afraid they're going to miss it. So therefore, those of you front runners that prevented the other guys from getting in the trade, I hope you enjoyed the profit. All right, back to business. 949. Now that they're above the big fat round number on the ES and SPY, we'll use those as the early pivot. SPY 370 is the first line in the sand down south that the bulls need to maintain to see higher prices below and they'll work their way back to run a test of 369 again. Let me repeat that. This is 949 below and they'll work their way back to run a test of 369 again. Let's put that one in perspective. That was at 949. This is 1015. This is 10 o'clock. Here's 1030. They start to break down, they get below 370, and what happens? They go to where? 369 and then some. Now remember, the market wasn't breaking down at this point, but you need to know both sides. You need to be your own umpire calling balls and strikes. So the other side of that, staying above the important numbers, leaves the door open for SPY 372, give or take. So we're talking about 372 before 10 o'clock in the morning. Hard to see now, but above today's high on candle closes, that was 370.75, and it's game on. I don't really need to show you the chart on that one. We already know that it happened. 10.03, remember, closing candles above 370.75 opens the double doors for 372. Not like right away, but that's where the door leads. 10.08, below 370, and 10 and 15 minute candle closes, and it's 369 all over again. By 10.20, and here comes 369 and lower. From where I sit, it's 368.85, give or take, where there should be support and some buyers. Let's continue on. And by 10.39, there you have it, 369 and a little lower. They don't have to be done, but you can see the reaction off a spike of 369 so far. Just again, to put it in perspective, back to our five minute chart, there's 369. We had a little bit lower. They actually went lower. They went to a low of 368.31. The buyers were there and they went up for the rest of the day. That was it, low of day, moving right along. Unless they can recapture 369, the door would be open for another test of 367.90. Remember that one. Staying above and candle closing above 369 opens the door for 370.15, give or take. Tour guide stuff. Nice pop on the SPY. There were supposed to be buyers down there. There were. The schematic worked. Moving right along. Now you can go ahead and pause the video and read the rest for yourself. Go back and double check the work on the charts. But the rest is normal garden variety notes and numbers. But you want to focus on this. Again, here it comes. Above 370.92 opens the door for 372. We've been talking about 372 all day. If they get above this, it opens the door for that. If they get above that, it opens the door for this. That's the way the market works. Well, guess what? By 2 o'clock, and there they go as prescribed. Traders long need to book profit along the way, treat it as a business, and the rest is pretty much history. And by the way, you'll get a kick out of this one, 211. They can go to around 372.50 or so, but shouldn't blow right on through. I'm urging traders right here to take a profit because, in fact, the high of day was 372.50 on the button. How do you do that? 
It's a secret. We had one stock on the move hit its number today. It was first solar. We had the other one that came close. You saw the rocket ride. Not the same rocket ride on this one. What happened here is the number, in fact, was a number today. It was an important number. And you can see from a retest, and they weren't able to close candles back above that number. That told me it was trouble. That told me that the number was important, but the destination was wrong. That's an after the fact scenario. Let's go over something different because was this a trade or was this a no trade? And here is a great example of one of these situations where I answer traders like this when they say, was it too close or was it not too close? How do you tell how close is too close? And what we're talking about is when a stock comes close to a number, 93.41 was the number. When it comes too close and bounces away at minimum of the type of rally you're expecting off the number to produce the minimum required profit, if all that happens and the stock came close and bounced away but never hit it, then it's a no trade. If in fact they come back to the number after that scenario, it's a no trade. But here's a good example of did it come too close or didn't it come too close? Well, here's how it works. The low was 94.22. The number was 93.41. I can make a case that that wasn't low enough. I can make a case that it was. And here's the reason. Early in the morning, the market's coming down with pretty good velocity. The bounce it got from the low it made, not my number, but the low it made was about, about $1.20. So it did the minimum required profit or minimum required bounce that we would be looking for. So it's an unsure situation. It could have went either way. And when you have those, it's completely trader choice. Not to say it couldn't work or wouldn't work or doesn't work sometimes, but when you're unsure, what you do as a business owner is take the path of least resistance and the path of least resistance, if you're protecting capital, is just throw it out. Just take a no trade, make a pass or take a pass and move on. If you're questioning whether it came too close, and you take the trade anyway, you're likely in a situation where you get FOMO, fear of missing out. You're more concerned that the market is gonna bounce or the stock is gonna bounce from the number without you than you are of losing money in the trade. Even though you don't believe that to be true, unbelievably, subconsciously, it's true. What's going on over in Camp IWM? We got a motor on here, I'm getting long in the tooth in this video. As you know, I tend to babble on. Anything different here that we see on this chart, different than the SPY chart? And the answer is not really. It's a slightly different pattern going on, but all in all, above the moving averages, recapturing even though they slightly closed below it yesterday, but recapturing the 20 period moving average on the daily chart, nothing wrong with the IWM. In fact, had a nice healthy up day at 1.5%. And as we know, this is my favorite market leading indicator. So the favorite market leading indicator is up strong. Everything is fine. If they give it up on Wednesday and give up the 20 period moving average again, that's a different story. But at present, nothing wrong, move it along. What about the folks down at the transportation department? So yesterday, they found support at the 50 period moving average. So they haven't recaptured yesterday's breakdown candle. So if and when they do, different story, then they're likely back above the 20 period moving average. Until and unless that happens, no dice. What you saw in the notes from inside the numbers is that the IWM and the transports were both strong today. When both these markets are leading the charge, 
it's very hard to see that the S&P or any of the other major indexes are going to fall apart. It's just unlikely to happen. The 80-20 rule using the what happens the majority of the time, if you have the IWM up 1.5% and the transport's up 1%, everything's bullish on the day. Nothing's wrong with the tape that day. Now remember the folks out in Silicon Valley didn't close below the 20 period moving average yesterday. We mentioned it. It was interesting. Now here we are still maintaining price above the 20 period moving average and all the other moving averages for that matter. Therefore, what are we going to say? Above the moving averages, move it along. Same rules apply to the SPY. They're going to want to make a test of the breakdown candle high. And by the way, that is the all-time high. And if they keep going, they keep going. They get back into no man's land. Until we see a breakdown, we don't anticipate or project a breakdown. How's Bitcoin doing, by the way? I don't talk about this. I don't cover it. I don't really want to make it a regular thing because there's people that are really into crypto and then there's people that are ignoring crypto and I don't really want to mix and match the stock market and what we do here with the crypto stuff. However, thought I would mention some stuff about Bitcoin because of where it is. So we're at all-time highs up at 34,000. We had a 20% move yesterday from high to low. Pretty wild stuff. We've seen this before. This isn't new. But what I want to do is just give you some thoughts about what's going on with Bitcoin. Nothing having to do with Bitcoin itself. Like, is it going to be 100,000 someday? Maybe it will. I'm not here to say that it won't. That's not for me to say or not say. What I want to do is just talk a little bit about what's going on when you discuss Bitcoin with other people. You have to use the same things that we use in stocks, in the stock market, in the bond market, in the gold market, in the oil market. You have to use all these things in cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, any other market. They're all the same. You start to get, and we'll use a term from a blast from the past, something Alan Greenspan, one of the former Federal Reserve chairmen used. It's called irrational exuberance. It's also known as a parabolic move. Now, this may not really be in parabolic territory right now. The moving averages are trending up, and there's nothing to say it can't keep going higher. But what you're getting is you're getting people that know nothing about anything saying, I'm going to buy Bitcoin. I need to buy Bitcoin. You should buy Bitcoin. I'm putting all my money in Bitcoin. NFL player, I want to get paid in Bitcoin. All that stuff, when that stuff goes on, you're closer to a correction taking place. I'm not calling it a top top, just saying a correction. You're closer to a correction taking place than you're not. That's kind of what's going on now. So if in fact we were going to have a correction, what would be a real juicy number that Bitcoin would retrace to yet also stay in an uptrend, but at the same time, scare the bejesus out of people. Now, when I give this number, I'm going to get a lot of people saying, that's never going to happen. You're crazy. You don't know anything. That happens every day anyway. But the number is not where I think Bitcoin is going, but it's the number that if Bitcoin got there, I may be a willing participant. And right now, that number is in the neck of the woods of about 19,000. There's stuff going on at around 27,000. There's stuff going on at 24, 24 and a half thousand. But it's not good enough for me. 19,000 may be good enough for me. Just saying. Any change in the XLF? No, $30 is the target. Move it along. About Smash Mouth. Anything wrong with this chart? Up 1.75% today. Nothing wrong with this chart. Uptrend, moving averages. All trending higher. 
pushing on the all-time highs. There's nothing you can say other than the trend is your friend. Now is a good time to make mention of how much I appreciate each and every one of you. Without you, these videos are not possible. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.